this is uh, Daylight Saves. I'm, I'm glad you guys came out. You are the, you made it to the second service, so congratulations. It's kind of like that, uh, the mom comes in and says, hey, Johnny, it's, it's time for church. Johnny doesn't say anything. Johnny, it's time for church. You got to get up. Johnny's like, I don't want to go to church, mom. Johnny, you have got to go to church. Johnny finally says, you know, kind of turns over and says, why do I have to go to church? She says, because you're the pastor. <laughs> so you're here and you're not even, you know, the, the speaker, so way to go. Good job. Uh, and I, listen, I, I'm always privileged to get to come and be with friends, especially friends of our son. This is not just a, a, a place where he's working on his skills, but he, after being with uh, uh, youth with the mission has found a community here. Everybody needs a community. We all need people that can ask us freedom questions in our life, and not not only that we need to just live and be be you know ourselves around each other without each other just peering into each other's souls constantly, but we we need someone who can ask us, hey, how are your eyes, and how are your how are your ears? What do you listen to? What do you What's your heart believing? I care about you, and uh, you know I need people in my life. I'll just say that uh, can help correct me. Um, I'm thankful to have my family here. I think of Ruth not as one that has just helped correct me, but helped me. I did not know how to listen. I, I could listen, but I couldn't hear. And this beautiful woman has helped me to hear. And that's so important. So I'm thankful for, uh, for that. All right. So the Lord brought me in a, in a uh, quiet time it, just through the, the book of Mark. I was in Mark chapter 10. And I listen to the Bible more than I read the Bible. I do read and study, so relax. <laughs> You're not, you know. <laughs> I heard this preacher never reads the Bible. And, okay, I, yeah. I, so, but I, I'm an audible learner, so I listen and things that are sticky, I'll go and study and kind of kind of get through and say, what are you, Jesus, what are you saying? And, uh, and it's, I find that in a passage like this in Mark 10, it's a very famous passage. Um, you've heard it before. You've probably heard sermons on it, perhaps, if you've been in church much, or you've read it and might have insight that I don't yet. But any passage, anything Jesus says is so profound that as I grow in life, so does it. And its meaning only gets richer. It can't get boring. It can't get where it's like, yeah, I heard that. I know that story. It, because I find that the more I look into it, the more it looks into me. And I, it's starting to read me. And it's just this relationship with the spirit who wrote the book. It's amazing, especially words of, of Jesus. So let's get to some of them. Jesus was in this uh, area of Judea. And remember, he traveled around. He wasn't going into cities and announcing his coming and having big crusades. He was going on the outskirts of the city and having big crusades because he was amazing. No one had ever taught like him with that much authority and whether people are knew it or not, they were attracted to his deity. And look, there's some people that really hated him. They didn't, what do we do with this guy? He not only says a lot of stuff that we don't like him to say, but he does miracles and 
we can't do those and man we don't like that and we, we gotta we gotta get rid of this guy he's not good for our religion he's not good for uh, you know if that hurts your feelings i didn't mean it to but i'm just saying if we if we have a religious thought and we got away and jesus he'll kind of mess that up he just he just will and i'm going to talk about that in my own life not pick on you or the rich young ruler but let's think about this guy Okay, this guy is young. I don't know if he's handsome or not, but he's got it all going on. He's healthy. He's got rulership, some authority, and he has money, right? He's doing well. Plus, in the passage, we see he has some uh, morality. He's, he's a moral guy. He's doing, doing pretty well. And Jesus, for a time, as he speaks, the, the rich young ruler to Jesus, he doesn't challenge him on, on the, the things that he says he's moral in. So the other thing about him is he's looking for more. He, he knows something's missing. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty great guy, a corporate that, you know, is young and, and, and got it going on and kind of looking for what, what's next because he knows something's missing. I, I like this guy. I think Jesus did too. This is Mark chapter 10, and Mark's version says this, that as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good start. Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. That's big. He didn't scold him. He loved him. He's leading him to, to something bigger. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad. Folks, there's no other way to go away from Jesus and be but sad. You can't go away and be fulfilled. He says, uh, it, it was, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now that seems kind of odd, doesn't it? We've had this deception working in us. I have in me that, man, if I had money, if I had some, if I had money and power, yeah, that'd be a good life. But this guy went away sad. Let's see maybe some reasons why there, there's probably more than I'll say, but I think that he did not have eyes to see. And the reason I say that is because he went up to, to Jesus, he fell down, and humbly he said, Teacher, he didn't say Lord, but he said, Teacher, teach me. I'm doing well, but I, I, there's something, there's immortality that I'm looking for. Teacher, uh, good teacher. What do I do? And it's, that's good to ask how, but I think he missed the who. And sometimes 
We're the same. We, we want to ask how. How, God, when, God, and we forget who, who are you that I'm addressing. For him, it was teacher. And Jesus, he says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Well, there's your clue. He couldn't see it. But if he, good, if he did see it, then he would see that Jesus is the answer and he's giving him eternal life if he'll answer that question. Why do you call me good? Well, because you are good. You are the Messiah prophesied about. But he's not seeing what was prophesied. He knew, I guess he knew, I don't know, but he knew the, the prophets, maybe or maybe not. He didn't see. He didn't see like the wise men from a thousand miles away. My facts may be wrong on that. Long way away on a camel, right? And they saw a star and they knew the prophecies and they believed and they traveled a thousand miles, took them months and months and months, and they got to Herod, and Herod said, I don't know, but when you find out, let me know. They followed this star and found a poor young couple that had a baby in a stable. And actually, that's not true. He was about two years old. You know, as a toddler, probably wasn't at a, but but it was it was Bethlehem nonetheless. And you know, they found this small couple. Here's a toddler, and you know what they did? They had enough vision to bow down and worship. That's not, that's great because it's not a castle where you find a king. It was a poor place in a poor spot, but they had a, a, a eyesight that all Jerusalem, or most of Jerusalem, did not. Okay, I'm off the subject, but I'm about seeing to who that is and how to worship, and it does matter because the rich young ruler missed all that because he only saw what he wanted to see. Add to my life, will you, Jesus? Will you add to my kingdom immortality? Can't do that. Folks, he didn't have ears to hear because he, he didn't see who, but he didn't also hear how. When Jesus said how, he said, you know, the commandments. And he, isn't it funny? He, he, only mix, uh, he only mentioned six of them. Now, I don't know all this six by, by heart, but, you know, don't steal, don't kill, don't honor your father. He listed six of them there. Do you think Jesus knew the Ten Commandments, maybe? I think so. And he, he listed 10. The guy said, man, I'm clean. I did all that. I've done all that. Jesus didn't challenge him there. But then he looked on him and loved him. And he told him something was greater than the law. He's fulfilling the law, not commanding it again. He's greater than the law of Moses. He's fulfilling the law of Moses. Not abolishing it, fulfilling it, because, oh, by the way, you and I can't. But he couldn't hear that, because he's thinking, I am moral. I just need to hear the secret. What's the secret? Now, I hope, I hope that you've never prayed to God and presented your moral list to him. Like, right? Haven't, you've never done that, Right? 
oh God, I've been really good. I'm a lot better than that guy. And I have trouble and that guy doesn't. You don't pray like that, do you? If you do, I don't do that anymore. Stop that. Because it, it, that's what he was doing. He was presenting his moral list. And, and if you want to talk to the law, look, he was talking to the guy who wrote the law. And he's listing off all the stuff. Jesus said he looked on him and loved him. And that's when he said, okay, how about law number one? Which is love the Lord your God. Have no other gods before him. But he did, because he said, here's how he found out. He said, okay, go sell all your stuff, that stuff you're trusting in. Go sell all that stuff. Give it to the poor and come back and follow me. He couldn't see who, and he couldn't hear. That, that, didn't, no, that didn't sound good at all. Give up my kingdom? And walk around like you walk around and do stuff? I'm, I mean, I, I'm kind of a big deal. I got a glamour shot. I'm on a bulletin. <laughs> Look, he couldn't lay down his life to gain another. Now again, let's not be too hard on him. He didn't have all the revelation that I have, and yet I've done some of the same blind, deaf stuff that he's done. Sometimes I trust in my own ability. And sometimes I kind of keep a law of, yeah, I'm really, I'm really doing kind of good, or I'm so ashamed, I, I, I can't keep the law. Do you know this, that in Romans 5.20, Romans is a walk through all the law and the why and the how, but it's so wonderful because in chat, I shouldn't do this. It's going to take me too much time, but I'm going to forgive me, will you? Hey, you don't have to have me back. I'm just, let me just share this. <laughs> let me just share this. So in, in chapter 2 of Romans, it says no favoritism. No more favoritism. You can't get in just because your nationality. Chapter 3 says there is a, an advantage of being a Jew. You have the patriarchs, but it's righteousness by faith. Chapter 4 says, Abraham did that. That's who you're clinging to for your identity, but Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And chapter 5 is, is again, it's righteousness because you can't keep the law. He kept it for you. Life is in him. And verse 20 says this. It says, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. Whoa, that's strange. But every time we know not to, it, we know that we did. And it says, but where sin increased, this is the good news, y'all, grace increased all the more. This would be a good time to turn to your neighbor and say, I kind of like this preacher. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, grace increased all the more. It's by grace you can't do it. Right? Is there, are we there yet? I mean, is, is anybody admitting? Or do you want to? I'll give you time. There's a mic. You can come up and tell us how to be perfect. If you can keep the law all the time. I had one in the last service. Does anybody want to? <laughs> so we can't do it. And when we know that, 
I can't do the law. Chapter 7 of Romans goes on to say the very things I want to do, I don't. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Who will save me? What a wretched man I am. But then chapter 8 says, for there is, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit has set you free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that good? Come on now, that's worth the price of admission. Whew, I'm glad we got to chapter 8. And the, look, he couldn't see, he couldn't hear, but maybe the most important thing is he didn't have a heart to believe. That's why his face fell. Because God looked on him and loved him. And that's when he said, you've got another God. He didn't say it like that. But he said, okay, go sell all your, all your stuff. Do you know, I haven't even talked about chapter, chapter 6 of Romans, so I think I'll... I'll kind of go back to, sorry, chapter 2 of Romans, verse 6. It, it, this is one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible. And it says, or do you know, I don't even think it's verse 6, I think it's verse 4 actually. Or do you sh show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Not realizing, okay, this is going to get into your business a little bit. Uh, but I'm, I'm here to give you a message and to help. I hope I encourage my goal is to tell you this thing. This is my instruction to tell you this. It's the kindness of God that, in, that is intended to lead you to repentance. Well, what is repentance? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a bad guy, I'm a bad girl. Nope. What repentance is, is you turn 180 degrees and go the opposite direction. You turn and you go towards Jesus. You surrender. And if he, sells, go, if he tells you, go sell all your stuff and give it to the poor, repentance would do that. He didn't tell the guy, man, you are, you are so rich, you're horrible because you have money. That's not what he said. Maybe some of you have money. That's wonderful. I don't think this passage is all about money. Some people do. They teach you that you, know, you, you shouldn't have money. I think it's, Money shouldn't have you. Or nothing else should have you. That's the point. He and he alone, he's a jealous God, and he's justified in his jealousy. It's not a, a wrong jealousy. It's a justice jealousy. His love he, that he gives, he wants it to be returned. You're first and only. You're God. I'm not. Everything else is not. So if I've got my heart affected, affection on something else, that's in our way. That's what Jesus' point was. That's why he looked on him and he loved him and he said, that thing is in our way. You with me? Okay, let me get, let me get personal with you. Relax, it's not about you, it's about me. You've heard that, right? In a breakup, it's not you, it's, it's me. So, I don't know why I said that. That was, re that was re really dumb. But, <clears throat> can we please erase that from the... Um, so, I, you know, wanted to be a great father 20 years ago. 
January 15th when, uh, when we took Joshua home from the hospital. And uh, December 15th, sorry, I hear a voice. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. December. Bella was born on January 15th. So uh, it, it, let me try this again. Can you erase that also from the... December 15th, Josh is born, you know, so we take him home, and man, we're, we're hoping he doesn't break on the way home, right? We want to be good parents, and I want to be a good father. What I didn't know was that God was going to grow me up by having a son. He was going to show me my own sonship in a greater way. He was going to show me how to father by fathering me. But I fell into some of this, couldn't see, couldn't hear, didn't believe all too often. And I tried too hard. And when I tried too hard, I went away sad. I could give you several reports or testimonies, stories, but I'll, I'll tell you about one. And I did get Joshua's uh, permission to, to tell you this. So... I, I think he was 15, and I'm walking in my prayer time, and I honestly feel God touching me in the, in the chest, and just as, as it were his hand. And obviously, it, it, it's an impression. God's hand is bigger than my chest. I'm aware of that. But he's, he's touching me, and he's just saying, you can't coach him the same way you've been coaching him. He's not five. He's not 10, he's not 12. He's, not, he's 15 now. Help him become a man. I said, yes, sir. Lord, I, okay, yes, sir, I repent. I want to I do it right. But I reverted to trying hard. In fact, I trusted in anger at times when I couldn't lead well. And we're not talking about abuse and, and all that, but we are talking about trusting in something but God. And I am telling you that my sin, uh, among others, but I, I, you, can, you can have anger and not sin, but if you trust in it, it'll have you, like money had that guy. And it had me, because one situation was, okay, I, Josh, he's 16 by now, I think. Josh, we're all, you know, my big lecture. We're all contributors in the family. We all help. We all do chores. He's going, okay, that's true. And he and I had done a lot of chores together, a lot of stuff, but, you know, he's not always as willing as I'd hoped. So I, I'm gentle. Okay, we're going to do this. Uh, will you get this done? I need you to get this done. I think this is clean a spot out of the garage. I, I can't remember, but I'm just going to make that up. You don't know if I'm telling you. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, so it, you know, he, he cleaned that. Okay, get, okay, Dad, I'll do it. And he gets another reminder a few days later, st still no, no anger. Then Saturday comes and 11 o'clock comes and, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of motivation to do that. So I go in there and I, I lay into him. Now, I don't remember it being a, a yell fest. It wasn't that, but, but I was angry and that's what I'm telling you. I definitely trusted anger. And sure enough, he did whatever it was I told him to do. He hopped right to it. And I was like, who's the man? <laughs> but I knew inside 
I didn't impress God. I'd impressed me because I, I got him to do the job, and that's a good dad to make him do stuff. But I, God, God wasn't impressed. I felt that thing again. He reminded me, so I took a walk. And I'm, I'm like, okay, what, what is that anger doing there? I'm hearing God ask questions like that. And the answer was, I, God, I just got to be real with you. Why wouldn't I be? You know my heart and every thought. I'm trusting in anger to be a better leader than I am. And he said, well, if you, if you do, you can make him do whatever you want. But you'll lose the relationship. And if you'll trust me and put anger aside, you'll have that relationship. Now, now, folks, we're not talking about I can never be stern again. We're not talking about he made, God made me passive. God made me realize he's the father. He's, he knew what he was doing. I didn't. He would tell me and help me if I would let him. But if I tried to be the man... I'm operating out of an insecurity that's back here that wants to succeed and is afraid he's going to fail. That's where I'm living. That's why I'm not listening. I'm trying to listen to God, but I'm not. And he wants to set me free. And God in his mercy sent me people that would say, pray loud and complain all you want. And say everything that you're thinking to me, to God. Say it to God loud and then speak gently, sternly. Mean what you say, say what you mean. Not anger driven. So I walked home. I, I asked Josh to come in. The, we had a kitchen table discussion and I just said, Son, I'm sorry. I have trusted in anger to be a parent and to lead you. And, and that's been more of our relationship. And I want to just lay that aside. And I want to relate to you. I want to begin to relate to you in a different way. I want, to, I want to have a relationship with you all the days of our life. And God told me to, to lay that aside. Do you know, it's just a scripture, the anger of God does not the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. That's what God is telling me. And so, as I repented, Josh was very forgiving. In fact, I'm going to ask him to come up, and he can attest. I'll give him equal time if he wants to, you know, say that none of this was really true, because it, because it was. It's all very true, and it's very true. I want you to see that we have a relationship, and it's not based on anger. You know what? You know what God did? He rescued Josh. You know what else God did? He rescued me. And why I wanted to bring my son, my only son. I, I love Josh not because he does chores or he's an intern at Crossroads. I love Josh because he's my son. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. And am I a perfect parent now? 
No, we both know that. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank well you, Josh. <laughs> That's not what we talked about. <laughs> but do we have a relationship? Yes. Can we talk? Yes. And I can finally, I'm not great at it, but I can finally listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, so if you just stand here, I want to show them something. If God were here and asked, which of you has learned the most from the other, I would be the one that would raise my hand. What I didn't know about Josh, I, I knew that I was supposed to father him, so I tried too hard. And I now knew, knew that God would father me to help father him. But what I didn't trust in is that God would father him. And that I could be a participant and a cooperator and his best advocate and prayer warrior. Thank you, son. I love you. Love you, too. Uh, listen, maybe, maybe you have that thing that God's coming after. Maybe there's something in between. It might not be anger. It may not be money. But the Holy Spirit, we're just going to ask him in these moments to, to, to just tell us, because he's the director. But if he sent me to tell you a message and to share a message with you, then he's going to share a message with you right now that's way bigger than what I said in a sermon. So let's just allow him to do that. Let's just get quiet. I'm not going to keep you long here, but let's, let's, let's stay where the Holy Spirit if he wants to keep you long, I hope you'll give him permission. If there's anything, can you just bow your heads and close your eyes to be free from distraction? You don't, I'm not commanding, I'm just asking nicely. So is there anything that's competing for your heart's affection? Holy Spirit, we trust you. 